It is peak summer. That is the point where the days are long, it's warm, the crops are high, the grass is burnt. You walk around in your bare feet and, uh, and just feel that crunchy grass usually between July 1st or so and uh, late August when the light changes and you start thinking about fall. Magic time. We're going to talk about peak summer in podcast 1105, the Bob Davis Podcasts. So the idea for this podcast came about because I've been sitting here on what I think is probably one of the most perfect days of the summer of 2023. With uh, the sound of the wind in the trees, the soft murmur of conversation in the distance, the slam of the screen door. I just was sitting out here and just listening. And you know I love sound. Especially natural sound. So... I decided I'm going to sit out here and just, you know, on the deck and just do a quick podcast about peak summer, which will consist mostly of memories. And the idea here is to trigger your memories. So I don't want to talk that much. Just enough language to give you those memories and also let the spaces be filled with this tremendous texture of noise sound not really noise it's music to me summer being the creative engine so that's what we're going to do in this podcast pursuant to that usually my sponsors i give 60 or more seconds to talking about what they do and thanking them for their sponsorship but in this particular instance i'm just going to do quick mentions and i do this because Every year I do a Summer Sounds podcast around February at peak winter. Of all the different Summer Sounds I've collected that year. Uh, Sometimes I just walk around with a recorder and record sound. So I'll end up with hours and hours and hours of, of, uh, again, this textured sound. And so I'll make a podcast with several tracks of this sound just kind of mixed together so that the listener is submerged in the sounds of summer which are so evocative generally speaking and when I do those I really don't talk at all so this this is kind of along the same lines but I I want to do the memories because I think that that also is so important anyway I'm going to keep the mentions for my sponsors at an absolute minimum and just say, first of all, thanks to 36 Lynn, the independently owned and operated refueling station in South Minneapolis at 36th Street South and Lindale Avenue South with a great store and a better deal on gas, community involvement. And I will tell you all about that in future podcasts. 36 Lynn. Check them out online at 36lynn.com or click on their banner at the top of the page at thebobdavispodcast.com. So memories. 
the thing that I think is interesting is, and I think this is true with most of us, some of the most powerful childhood memories, you know, Christmas Day, some trauma, and those moments in summer that we all share as children as being perfect. So I'm going to share some that I've thought about recently. When I sit out on the deck like today, on a beautiful day like today, again, these are the memories that come up. And I am having one of the greatest summers I've ever had right now. This is a great summer, summer of 23. I think we'll remember this one for a long time. So I'm going to give you, I don't know, four or five memories and some thoughts, and I'll leave a lot of space in between. So you can kind of think. My earliest memories of summer have to do with we must have made, I don't know how many trips. We, we used to go to Columbus, Ohio, because my parents were from, were from Columbus, Ohio. Both of their parents lived there, and so we would drive down from Chicago to Columbus. And we could go down in a weekend, you know, and drive back. So that's probably what we were doing. And my grandfather uh, had a food uh, brokerage, and he had a bunch of sales guys working for him. And his partner was a guy named Dave Davies. Dave was from Wales, and our families, you know, the Davis family and also my mom's families, we're all, we were all Welsh. Uh, we're Davis now, but we were Davies in Cardiff. And most of the, most of the, the people that, that uh, I descend from were brought over to the United States to be coal miners in central Ohio and West Virginia. I mentioned Dave Davies because he had this Welsh lilt and he told wonderful stories. I don't know where they came from. They're probably, they were probably ancient. My sister remembers them a lot better than I do. But we would go to Dave's house on the 4th of July to watch the 4th of July parade. I don't know what city it was. I don't know whether it was a suburb or whether it was Columbus or what it was. But we would go to... Uh, Dave's house and he lived in a duplex (laughs) he was so cheap he drove the same 1962 uh, Oldsmobile Delta for probably 30-40 years it was really funny and his wife we refer to her as Aunt Catherine she was one of the grand dames of Kentucky or at least we thought of her as that and she, I remember she was very thin and she had these very veiny arms and she would wear white gloves. What I remember from those 4th of Julys is, first of all, those old lawn chairs. And they would have a party that morning. So I remember being in the house and seeing the coffee cups on the saucers with the coffee stains and what's left of the donuts and the pastries and the smell of perfume and alcohol because of course Bloody Marys and other uh, beverages were served and perfume permeating the air but everybody had left because they were out on the front lawn waiting for the big parade to start. It was very exciting. 
and it was hot. I remember that. It also makes me think of the difference. One of the first things I noticed as a kid was the difference between the air and how the air smelled in an air-conditioned environment versus a non-air-conditioned environment. And to me, as a kid, it felt like you'd get hit with that blast of hot air when you left uh, an excessively cooled environment. My grandpa's house or a store or something like that. And the air would just smell completely different when you went outside because you'd be actually smelling the air as opposed to the air conditioning. That was something that I remember very distinctly. I remember we uh, moved to a house that was in the suburbs and it was a new house built in what used to be onion fields. And we backed up at that time, now there's more houses back there now, but in, at that time, the house backed up on probably a half a mile at least of just open land, forest, hills, things like that. And I remember uh, going up into my parents' room that had a big window in the back and had screens and the summer was very hot. I can, I'll never forget the mosquitoes just covering the screens. Then there was the night, very hot night. My dad went down to the kitchen and collapsed. He had been, uh, he had fallen in the winter and hit his head. And he had a blood clot on the brain. Of course, he didn't know. And he collapsed. And I don't remember what happened after that. I know he had to go to the hospital. And I know he had an operation. And he almost died. And he was never the same after that. When you can in the summer, if you can, I am looking down into a beautiful open space which just recently has been cleared of uh, all the brush. It's a forest. We cleared out all the old dying trees and, and cleared out the brush, and it's this beautiful meadow of trees and grass. And it, it's a place that you can go now. It doesn't have bugs. You can go down in there and you can sit and you can just sort of meditate and this is the thing that's great about summer you can just go take a chair and sit someplace and think we do that a lot in, in at this time of the year and it's good to have this so if you live in the city and you don't have a wooded lot to just kind of think about life in or sit down by the lake uh, where I have been most of this summer on the lake shore literally then you should be talking to GardenGurusMN.com because they can help you produce a real small, very neat place to just kind of sit. Everybody should have a garden, right? Uh, they also do corporate clients and they do residential clients. They do real estate staging, things of that nature. They're great and they can do it very reasonably. They'll tell you why when you talk to them. GardenGurusMN.com And thanks you guys for sponsoring the Bob Davis Podcasts. I grew up in a, by today's standards, I think, a time of complete innocence. And I think after uh, 
you know, the Depression and World War II and, and all the things that happened after that, I think our parents wanted it to be uh, a, a, almost a, a, a cloistered, innocent experience. Nowhere is this more evident but in summer. Just, we, we, we loved it. And our primary mode of transportation were bikes. You know, we had, it was a Schwinn uh, Stingrays and 10 speeds. I had a cheap bike from Sears for years, which, which, uh, which embarrassed me, but it got me where I needed to go until my mom eventually bought me a 10 speed because she got pissed that all the other kids had 10 speeds and I didn't have one. Uh, and my dad was like, okay, whatever. He wasn't going to buy me one. He, he thought I should work and pay for my own. <laughs> but we had our bikes. And, you know, we'd leave the house at 9 o'clock in the morning. And we'd come back at 6 or 7 o'clock. And unlike the school year when you had to come home when the streetlights went on, they didn't care when you came back. I guess they assumed we were in the neighborhood doing stuff in the neighborhood and that somebody else's mom was paying attention. And there was this sense of security in individual neighborhoods where you were like, yeah, let them go do whatever they want. So we had our bikes and our favorite thing was to ride down, I don't know, I suppose it was a mile to the Lions Club pool. And we would go to the Lions Club pool uh, every day during the summer, if it was a good summer. And the thing is, we all know that sometimes there are good summers and there are bad summers. And a bad summer is just a cold, rainy, crappy summer. For kids, you got out of school at six, June 6th or June 7th or June 8th, whatever, June 12th, I don't know. And, and you had six, roughly six weeks, maybe eight weeks of pure freedom to do pretty much whatever you did, unless you had to go to summer school, which some of us did, and I did it one year. It was terrible. Uh, but you had you were completely free for whatever it was, six weeks. So the second half of June, July, August, boom, you're ready to go back to school. And we didn't even, you know, you didn't even think about time. Time seemed to stop, and so there is this I hate to use a big word, but there is this halcyon quality about summer in general because it makes you think of those times when you had not a care in the world. You were completely free. And I don't even care what your personal family situation was. You had that time to yourself, generally speaking. There was no such thing as a helicopter parent. You fended for yourself. So we'd get up in the morning. My mom would give me 50 cents, and that was good for a hot dog and a couple of Cokes at the Lions Club pool. And the Lions Club pool, unless you'd think it was some kind of uh, golf club place, was one of these places that it was a public service, you know, it was a public pool. You paid like $2 a year, you got your card, and you could go in and out when you wanted to. And we would spend all day at the pool. And we all got deeply tan, and we had a great time. I also remember the key thing about it was that they had one of those old-style loudspeakers that was all treble. There was no bass or mid-range to those announcement loudspeakers, and they used them to tell us to get out of the pool when it was going to storm or whatever. But they also plugged the radio into it, and so they had a transistor radio that they plugged into it. That was always on, you know, the big AM 
top 40 station in town. So the summer soundtrack were all those great hits from the 60s and 70s and so forth that we enjoyed at the pool. Now these days, it's somebody's iTunes mix, so who knows what you're going to hear. But in those days, it was the radio station. It was great. One time I remember I was at the uh, pool all day, and I rode my bike home, and it, I, we got there at like 8.30, that, as soon as the pool opened, we were there all day. And we rode back, said goodbye to my friends, went home, and my mom had had stew, and they'd already eaten. So she put me down, and sat me down at the table, gave me a plate of stew, you know, with French bread, <laughs> which I guess today is baguette, but in those days it was called French bread. And I ate that stew and dipped my bread in the sauce, had another plate, did the same thing, because all I'd had to eat was a hot dog and a Coke all day long swimming and running all day and biking and I went upstairs and I remember I, I went to, I fell asleep before it got dark and I didn't even wake up till like 10 o'clock the next day that's just pure bliss not a thought in my head other than what am I going to do tomorrow you know much later uh, once FM radio came along we listened to the progressive FM radio stations in Chicago and one of the things that my friend Steve and I did was we both we got our 10 speeds and we uh, decided to take a, an eight mile trip from where we lived over to the WLS transmitter in Tinley Park, Illinois. All of this on the south side. And uh, this sort of, they called it the, well, we called it the Golden Triangle, but I think it was the, the Tri-State Tollway and, and uh, other quote-unquote expressways we called them expressways in Chicago that kind of came together in this triangle we rode up there and we had to leave before dawn and I think it was great waking up that morning listening to uh, Grand Funk Railroad Mean Mistreater and getting myself ready with my little backpack and we had sandwiches and other stuff and we rode over to uh, the Golden Triangle and we rode back So summer, uh, some years, was uh, not perfect every day with sun and warmth. Sometimes summers were wet and cold and very depressing because it was like summer was a bust, a bust-out bust summer. We had one of those one year, and I remember that uh, we didn't know what to do because you couldn't go to the pool, and you didn't want to ride your bike because it was cold every day. We ended up at the McCarthy's house on the corner. They had 10 kids. I have talked a lot about the McCarthy's during the time that I've been podcasting. I probably said too much. They probably hate me. <laughs> but I love them, and I still love them. And I loved uh, Kate McCarthy, the mom, and uh, all the older sisters. And just there were so many iconic moments with the McCarthy's that I got to observe as an outsider because I wasn't in the family. And when I was on the radio, I, I probably took too much license telling what I thought were hilarious stories about their family that they probably were like, what is he talking about? Well, we always ended up on the corner at the McCarthy's because there was a wall that, that was along the walk, the sidewalk that we used to sit on. And then uh, that was a few you know, feet from the park. 
or we'd sit on the front porch. And in this case, because it was raining every day, we ended up on the front porch. My friend Tony's older sister was playing hearts. What are you doing? Playing hearts. How do you play? So we all learned how to play. By the end of the summer, we had five tables set up on the porch, and we went to that porch every day, and we played hearts every day all summer. Again, you didn't realize that time was passing. And all kinds of stuff happened. You know, Tony was walking on the fence one day, and he slipped and fell on the, the chain link fence next door to the Monahans and right on his crotch. <laughs> I don't know if he remembers that. Uh, somebody got into a fight. I mean, you had a million stories from sitting there on the front porch. You had no sense of time passing because it was summer and you, you, you shut down your timeline when you walked out of the school at the end of the year and you didn't think about it again. We had been playing hard and it was, that was our major pursuit all summer long, playing hearts. And at one point, somebody said, yeah, we got to go to school next week. What? Yeah, you guys, Labor Day is next week. So you went back to school, you know, you had that last hurrah. And then, of course, that final week, usually on a Thursday before that weekend, you went to the Sears or the Montgomery Wards or something like that, and you got yourself your, your jeans. And I'm talking about jeans that were flat and stiff as a board and dark blue. And you got your shirts, your new tennis shoes, and your school supplies. The pencils and the pencil sharpeners. And the new notebooks that you had to have, too. By the end of the year, that stuff was just shredded. Your jeans had holes in them. They'd been patched three times on the knees. Uh, you know, the shirts were worn out completely. Your little notebooks that you got for school were, were torn to pieces, drawings all over them wet from being dropped in the, some puddle somewhere. <laughs> I came from a school that had 4,500 kids in it. And each class was roughly a thousand or more. So in my freshman year, going to the high school was a big deal because the junior highs weren't that big. And the other thing I, I remember is that the schools always turned the heat on for the first day of school. Now, September 5th, 6th, 7th, whatever, that is still summer. So it's still 85, 90 degrees outside, and they would turn the heat on. I assume they did it to see if the heat worked, and it was torture for us. One of the things that comes to mind is sitting on one of the heating vents. I don't know why we were sitting there in my new jeans that were scratchy, and I had to wear socks and my brand new tennis shoes, which hadn't been worn in yet, and some kind of shirt that felt like it was made out of plastic sitting there next to my friend Steve on the vent we came from a big school obviously physically large because of all those students and they had built buildings on and then in some cases you know there were ramps down to the building because they were built at different levels you know all tiled with linoleum and I remember the we were sitting on this heating vent and this ramp that led down into another building where there were a bunch of kids and lockers down there and of course, your freshmen and the seniors seem like, you know, adults because they were physically larger and physically more developed. Except for a few freshman girls, as I recall, I had a crush in the fifth grade on Michelle Marks. Michelle Marks was a dark, dark hair, 
dark eyes, beautiful girl, and I loved her, and I had I was obsessed with her from fifth grade on, and then I went to a different school in sixth and seventh and eighth grade, and you know she went to a different school, so I never, I forgot about Michelle Marks. I'm sitting on this vent with Steve, and, and here comes Michelle Marks and Lori Aurelio. The beginning of the stratification of society in the high school. These were girls who had already been ta- dating seniors <laughs> in the eighth grade, I am sure. And this was in the era of high waist hip hugger jeans or high waist jeans and bell bottoms and platform whatever they wore, sandals or whatever they were called, and halter tops. Sitting on that vent, time stopped. And all the noise disappeared as these two beautiful young women walked down the hallway. Later, Lori Aurelio was in one of my classes, and she sat behind me. So that was kind of neat. There were kids, and it was a very stratified high school with uh, very uh, specific groups, kind of like the Breakfast Club. so you weren't able to really socialize with certain groups uh, in this sort of strict caste social system in high school. But she was one of those girls that uh, didn't care uh, and, and liked people for who they were. See what I mean? These, these memories evoke so many other things that are connected you know, to, to those memories, different thoughts and ideas that carry so much weight. We thought we were mature, let's say, in high school, but we were such, we were still kids, uh, and certainly kids on the McCarthy's front porch, and certainly little kids, you know, when we went to Columbus and, and uh, went to a party at uh, my, one of my grandfather's sales guy's house, and it was one of those parties where... Uh, all the women were in pearls and white gloves. I just remember a lot of white gloves. And I still can smell the alcohol and the cigar smoke and the cigarettes. And a party like that, a kid doesn't. What are you going to do? Everybody's 10 feet high and you're, you're at the knee. And uh, so you go in the front. So I walked around the house, went to the front. And in my mind, I was like, I was a car freak. I knew every make and model of car. I loved cars, bought all the magazines. And I remember all those cars in the front yard. The, you know, the 65 Oldsmobile 98 and the 65 cream-colored Mustang with a black convertible top and the, the champagne-colored uh, 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 Ford Galaxy 500 convertible with a black top, 63, 62 Buicks with clocks on top of the dash that ticked. They actually ticked. And the Cadillac that was gold, it, had a, it was a gold, beautiful, deep, gold, metallic color that I, I don't think I've ever seen in a car since then, like a 65 Cadillac Fleetwood. And then, of course, Aunt Catherine's uh, 58 Fleetwood that when you opened the door, it seemed like there was six miles between you and the other door. White leather interior, royal blue, gorgeous car. So those memories deeply embedded and connected to so much. And so when I sit on the deck here, 
listen to these sounds. It brings all that back, and it's one of the reasons I love summer so much. So thanks for being patient with my memories. I hope it evoked some for you. certainly did for me. I could go on for another hour. I won't, but take some time this summer to meditate on some of the memories from your childhood that were positive about summer, especially these days when things are so tense. Thanks for listening to the podcast 1105 Peak Summer the Bob Davis Podcasts. Well, I think it's fine Building jumbo planes Taking a ride On a cosmic train Switch on summer From a slot machine Just get what you want to if you want Is you can get anything I know we've come a long way We're changing day to day But tell me, where do the children play? Well, you roll on roads over fresh green grass For your lorry loads Pumping petrol gas And you make them long And you make them tough But they just go on and on And it seems that you can't get off oh. I know we've come a long way We're changing day to day But tell me, where do the children play? Hey, hey.